0: When I want something, there's nothing getting in my way. I mean, I would do absolutely whatever it takes, getting up at 5.50 every day before work and never complaining because I love the sport, but I want this sport so bad and I want to continue to explore the potentials I can see in it. So I think the biggest thing I would just want to relay is I can prove people wrong and that's what I want to show. Because no, I didn't run in high school, I didn't run in college, I'm not a college athlete, but I am hungry for the sport and I'm hungry to see what I'm capable of.
1: Hello, podcast world. Welcome to episode 20 of Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. I'm so excited to share Megan Levin's incredibly inspiring story. Megan is 24, didn't run in high school or college, and in just her third marathon rocked a 2.48 in the Boston Virtual Marathon, placing second overall. Wow. Her family traveled to Hilton Head to celebrate her birthday. And I'm pretty sure this race experience will last a lifetime. Megan calls her family, the A-team, and she had them out there on the course, lending support, riding their bikes alongside, providing fluids. And she even had some locals cheering in Hilton Head by the time she made it around to her second loop. It was just so exciting to hear her talk about running her passion is so evident her fire for the sport really comes through and it's just so exciting to um, come across somebody so young and so new to the sport doing such epic things we talked race plan running by feel versus pace charts and ignoring your watch her role model her dad her favorite runner chalene flanagan She's looking to find a coach and I made three recommendations of people that I think could really help her. Casey Kiloreski with O'Leary Racing Team, James McCurdy of McCurdy Trained, and Greg McMillan of McMillan Running. We chatted about the New York City running scene, her team, the Dashing Whippets, my team, Central Park Track Club, and trying to find faster training partners to help her take her running to the next level. I recommended Anna Johnson and Kate Powerty to Olympic trials qualifiers who I've done some miles with in the park. Her next big goal, trying to shoot for running in OTQ. Megan is guided by faith, family, and has an intense fire in her belly to see where her running can take her. I'm all in on her exciting future, and I'm sure you all will be too. So let's dive on in and take a listen. Good evening, Megan. Welcome to Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you, Ron? Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, uh, it's my pleasure to get you on. So you're in Ohio, right?
0: Yes, I am right now. I've been in Ohio since March.
1: Yes. Uh, tell us a little about that, and then I'm going to do a little intro um, for the listeners on how I found you and, and you know what, why we have you on today, because it's really exciting.
0: Okay. So I typically live in New York City um, in Midtown. Um, I planned to go home, I rented a car in about mid-March, was going to use over use some rollover days. And the weekend I got home, everything shut down. That's when all the governors announced that um, you couldn't leave and all of that. So I've been here ever since and just been re-wearing clothes and working remotely, um, which work has been really flexible with that. So it's actually been really nice. And now six months in, I've obviously got quite the quite the setup and routine.
1: And I'm sure the family is excited to have you home too, right?
0: It is nice. Now we're like, do we have to leave? Like I get so <laughs> used to it, but it's been great. It'll be nice to be back in the city though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You missed New York City. But I'm here for you. So I can give <laughs> yeah. I can give, I give you I give you the four or one and the up. The real reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we know it isn't its normal self, but it's still amazing. It's still uh still super exciting. So for everybody um following at home, I thought it'd be really fun um with the Boston virtual experience that just went down um, to get a listener uh, or two on that have had a good experience, unique experience, uh, maybe a first-time runner. And Megan fits like every one of those categories. I mean, for everybody listening at home, Megan ran a 248.54 virtual Boston marathon, which was a 12-minute PR for her. She ran it in front of her family in Hilton Head, South Carolina, And had her mom, dad, boyfriend, a sibling, and a sibling's boyfriend or girlfriend there. So she had her quote-unquote A-team out there watching (laughs) her race and helping her with fluids and encouraging her. And I mean, it is just a mind-blowing experience. So rather than me even make an attempt to talk about it, I was just so excited when I saw your post and I saw those pictures, I just, it just made me so happy. It just made me feel like I have to talk to her. I have to get her on the show. So when I reached out to you and you were excited to come on, I was thrilled. So um, why don't you tell us about um, that race? Tell us about it.
0: Perfect. Um, well, thank you for having me means so much. Um, as you mentioned, I ran it in Hilton head, South Carolina. So clearly that's not Ohio. So we were on vacation and, um, my birthday was actually the day before. So I told my a team, as you said that my birthday is a day late today. So we like did not acknowledge my birthday. It was like total focus mode. And then on the seventh, I ran it as soon as I possibly could. Um, so it was a pretty nerve wracking day leading up to it because we actually postponed the race by two hours um, because it was wicked rain and storms. And like, there was no way I could have run like remotely this time I, I did. Um, so we, my parents and I, I didn't tell anyone else the time I wanted anyone like my boyfriend and brother, just my parents and I woke up at 6am and we're like, we can't run this race. Like it's not going to happen. I'm going to be running in pouring rain. Um, And unfortunately the whole week was scattered shower. So it wasn't like I could postpone it. So we're like, all right, let's check the radar. Um, We fell back asleep. And about nine o'clock, I was able to run it. Um, And at that point I was just like, I can't even describe so anxious and so excited to be able to actually run it in like good conditions, even though it's hot, like I'll take the heat for not running in the pouring rain Um, that just my parents and I went out and started and they, they tracked two watches my mom tracked her phone. I had a Garmin and a Strava on my belt because I was like, there was absolutely no way that I will not track my time. Like I want every watch. And I didn't let the other part of my A team join because I told everyone I had to work for it. So they met me at the first stop. And that was like my first thing to look forward to. But essentially it was a there and back there and back. And my goal was to break three hours because the previous marathon I ran last year, um, I ran three flat fifty-six, which I was very happy with, but it's just like any runner gets like you just want to see that too. That's all I wanted. So I was like two fifty-nine nine and I was happy. So it's to date probably the most enjoyable run I've ever run. Um and it was it was a magical day.
1: That is that is such a beautiful story. And um I, I just the pictures. Um, We'll link up your Instagram page for everybody so everybody can, you know, get involved and and follow your running journey because it's super exciting. I mean, you're just a couple of years out of college, right? Two years graduated, just started working in the big city. Um, For everybody at home, like Megan's first marathon was a 314 something. Her second marathon is three flat and she throws down a 248. Third race, no competitors to work off of, um, no crowds. Um, to inspire her. But the family element, um, I want to dive into that because um, we talked a little before we came on, you know, there's so many people in this incredibly challenging 2020 that we face in the pandemic. There's just so many people that are just worn down and exhausted from all of it. Um, either COVID's hit people in their family Um, maybe they've lost their job. Um, maybe they just can't handle homeschooling their kids because they're not cut out for that. It's really difficult. And on top of that, a lot of those parents, you know, they've, they're working their jobs as well. So it's just so, there's a mountain of negative news that's kind of packed and unpacked onto our shoulders every day. And I think it's how do we process this stuff with running? So you have this opportunity to run your first Boston, to get to go there and run on the course, and it's taken away from you. So it's very easy to say, oh, I got cheated. I got screwed. I'm not going to get to run in Boston. And I think that was the way some people chose to look at it. Others who were in that same spot as you for the first time, and I know a few, um, they had incredibly positive attitudes, and they were running for a charity and didn't qualify as you did, Megan. Um, But- they chose to be positive, you chose to be positive. And I, I talk about mindset a lot on my show. I talk about what a difference it makes thinking that you can achieve these really hard things or maybe even the impossible things. And you set your goal and, and you get your mindset right. The The positives are on race day, if the course if it were really raining in Boston that hard, like I ran in 2018, you can't reset and you get dumped off in the bus and you're out there in the village and it's a mud pit. I mean, like, so it's a mosh pit, like at a concert where you see scenes from the 70s or the 80s and you're like, people are frolicking. We're out there. The elites are in the churches and they're bone dry. And um, I remember reading Des didn't even warm up. She literally did not warm up in 2018 when she went, did not warm up, not a step. She just said, oh nope, I'm not going out there. I'm not going out there. You know, There and you know, look at what happened for her, right? And other people did, and you know, you obviously that's the first race I've ever seen in my life where people are wearing rain jackets, including Des. So you had a chance to control some of that environment, right? Instead of saying I'm going to go out here right now and I'm going to be a total badass and run in the rain and get (laughs) drenched, you made a good call. You you pushed it back a few hours, and you know, you reset. And if anything, like if that was me. And I just want to know from your side, if it was me, I think I being up, like getting the adrenaline going and the energy, I don't know if that would have been a bad thing. I think it might've actually helped me because then I'd be like, okay, the weather's going to clear. And now I'm like really ready. So like, do you think it helped you or hurt you that you waiting or yeah, like, need- like instead of just going out the door and just being like, okay, you know, here we go.
0: So as much as my parents will call, I'm the, like by far the least patient person I know, like when I want, that's probably <laughs> when I want something, I want it five minutes earlier. So my dad, when my dad came downstairs, he was shocked that I was willing to wait because like 6am was 6am, like that's when the plan, but what I wanted more than anything was to see that too. And I would do absolutely whatever it took to get that. So if that meant waiting till sunset at 5pm to run a non marine I would have done that. Um, so I think that's really, I, the patients really helped that day. But because it to your point, when I was, when I knew that I was going to be able to run three hours, I was like, it's just me and my feet and my legs. Like, there's no excuse. If I didn't have it that day, I would have been able to be fulfilled. I knew it came to me, but I didn't want it to be an external force, not external. Like I, you saw people running and raining, as you mentioned, but I didn't want, I won if I didn't reach my goal, I wanted to be because of me, not something else.
1: Yeah. That's well, that's so well said. And um, tell the listeners a little about the course, you know, you designed it or you put it together. Right? Like, <laughs> tell us about it. Cause I don't know other than the pictures and you, you had not only had really good pictures, you even had some good video in there too, which I, which I absolutely love. So,
0: it, you know, it wasn't an adventure, a. the whole planning was just, I mean, <laughs> it's vacation. I last time I went to Hilton Head was like first grade. Like, I don't know Hilton Head. It's not like we have a second home down there. So on my birthday, our celebration was my mom, my dad, and I drove around, and we had a planned course tip that we didn't end up using because half of the course was in a gated community, and every time you got in, you had to pay. So we're like, that's not going to (laughs) work. Like, I'm not... You sure bet I'm not going to be stopped every second, and they were, like, very strict. So the day before, like, afternoon, we had to completely, like, rejigger the race, which actually looking back at it now it's a no-brainer like I feel so fortunate we did that one it worked better but it was funny because like there was trade-offs like I I was able to adjust the time like you can't do in a typical race um but I wasn't necessarily used to the, the southern heat and then the second thing was like life went on like I went over many sidewalks many bikers and my dad would like bell people at stops and stuff um But by no means did the the town stop because a a one-person race was going on. But it was fun because it was a there and back, there and back. So, I mean, it's almost three hours. So the first one, they're like, all right, this girl's running with a bib on her thing. What's she doing? But by the end, like, there was cheering. And then, like, throughout the week, they were like, are you the marathon girl? Because I was around. So, like, I kind of liked the organic approach to it, opposed to this, like, street shutdown everything stops, you know?
1: Yeah. I think I think it's just super cool. Um, uh, Boston just did a brilliant job as usual. Um, it's my favorite marathon. New York will always be my favorite marathon in the world because it's our it's our home marathon. Right. And you know, you work in the city and you understand you don't have to be from New York City. It doesn't take very long for it just to become. Like in your blood, you just become a New Yorker. You don't have to be there a long time. I give people a free pass all the time. If you start working in our city, you're a New Yorker. Sign I, you up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my Instagram name is Ron Runs NYC. I don't even live in the city anymore. I live in Mihawk I'm on the other side of the river. And I'm there like you go. But awesome. I work, I've worked there for my entire adult life. I lived on the Upper West Side for a really long time. And you know, once you're a New Yorker, you're a New Yorker. Wherever you go, like it stays with you. Um, so there, there's just so much cool about what you said. And um, I think. I, the pageantry of some people doing it up like crazy like printing flag finish tape and banners and and putting the actual uh, towns along the way the signs doing the whole thing I think it's cool I have friends who played the national anthem before they ran I you know had friends you know that were had bikers riding up to them doing their fluids I had people with tables I mean I've seen Literally from one end to the other. Two people just going out on a trail and running like ridiculously length of times because they just didn't care and they right. just wanted the to treadmill. complete the task or the or the treadmill. Um, great, great story. Thank you, thank you for mentioning that because I have a friend, uh, Janie John, who I'm going to have on the show. Um, she just beat cancer back for the second time, and you know she lives out in California with the wildfires going on, and you know I don't know how far out of her surgery, it was not long after her surgery, had to have a double mastectomy. And, you know, most people out there, Boston gave them a pass and said, because of the air quality, no, 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 Jane jumps on that treadmill and <laughs> runs <laughs> five something day. hours and finishes this thing. So, you know, God, God bless um, strong people like her. Um, God bless young, badass people like you <laughs> going out there and just crushing times. And from all around the world. People just just getting it together. And Boston, the genius of just two hashtags, you know, Boston Marathon, finish strong. It just shows you when you really put your head into the game and your strategic thinking. And you, of course, you have to have the great brand behind it. And Boston is just the most powerful marathon brand. I mean, it's been around for 124 years. This is 124th, right? And I ran in the 100th. So that shows you um, that making the best of a situation. And I think what
0: helps that is it's not just a brand, but it's a community. Like I would spend like, kid you not like 30 minutes at the end of each day that week, just liking other people's posts because it's just like, I don't know you. I didn't get to run next to you or see you at the finish line. But like that doesn't take away the fact that we all have a similar goal and all love this community.
1: It's a great point. Um, and for people that aren't really skilled at Instagram, you know, it's it's odd because, you know, at 59 is not the age group somebody would think is somebody who's gonna be good at social or Instagram. And I was kidding around before he came on about my son being like anti-social media and not <laughs> yeah. but like I follow hashtags. It's a great way to make sure your feed is filled with what you want to see. And you know, you follow those hashtags and just go on there and you're gonna see a lot of posts around the Boston experience and if you if you're involved with doing the London marathon you want to do the London virtual or New York or Chicago or any other interest you have photography if you're a foodie or a wine person whatever it is like that you can create the experience you want and curate it so that you're getting the information you want and I couldn't agree with you more seeing those posts was so exciting, and you were one of the first ones, which is why you're on here. Because first
0: running you know, on the first
1: Monday. Yeah, but I mean that that's a beautiful thing, and I think it was really great that you said uh, normally it's six and you'd be ready to go, and your dad was like, "Whoa, she's not ready to go." Yeah. And you're, like you, you uh, intelligent though, good decision making though. Because <laughs> me, I would have been out there going, now I'm going for the badass points. I'm going out in the rain. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my rain jacket on and I'm gonna take this thing on." But smart, smart move, very smart. Now, what did you use for fueling?
0: Um, Gatorade, you can these like little like energy packets. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to the race, all sugar, like just real sugar. Typically, I'll use like a Propel when I'm training, or just something, whatever we have in the fridge. Um, but. I did on the last two marathons, every time we went to a water table, I took the Gatorade because I was like, I don't want water. Like I don't even taste anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had positive results. So we got a bunch of Gatorade down in Hilton Head. And then obviously I had snacks and energy along the way. But I actually think it's funny. I, I not eat, but like I consume a good amount during the race. Like, cause I'm like, if I want to go faster, like I need more energy. Like, I mean, I'm not having a meal, but like I'll, I have a good amount of fruits and like um, energy snacks along the way.
1: Okay, so I was gonna say, so no gels, so actual snacks.
0: Yeah, oh, well, I used, to, I did a half marathon for fun, like in high school, in, no, 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 in college. Um, and I just could not get the gels. And now I have like a visceral reaction to it just because you know those things you overdo. Yeah. Um, so now I'll do like protein bars, I'll cut them up, I do banana and then Gatorade and things like that.
1: Yeah, I, I think fueling is one of the hardest things to master. And our stomachs are also different. I mean, I have celiac. I know people who have IBS and all sorts of other stomach maladies. And you couldn't not have nailed it any more perfectly. Once you have that experience, your brain does remember that. So if a gel is, you know, too sugary or too syrupy or whatever, maybe it's a texture thing, whatever that is, it's the most bizarre thing. You could have 10 other ones that are good, but somehow you remember that one that upset your stomach or made you feel like you were going to hurl or whatever it is. And then you're just like, nope, I can't have any gels. No way. But you give me those bottles, man, I could rock bottles all day. And um, Morton is my fuel, what I use, what Kipchoge uses and so many others. Um, And just sharing, just because of so many celiac is not like an issue with being sensitive. It's just, you can't have gluten. So no wheat, barley, rye. So it isn't like I ever had any issues with food growing up. It's just something that developed like later in life. But Morton is just really easy on the stomach, the gels and the drink. So, I mean, just for the heck of it, you know, you're, You're a couple of minutes away from Olympic trials qualifying standard and you got huge things ahead of you. So you should just, as you're working your way through, you know, practice and, you know, believe me on Instagram people are going to be hitting you up and I'm going to make sure everybody hears this pod and they're going to follow you. And hopefully you're going to get some sponsors and people, you know, really looking to follow your running career and help you out because that's, those things make such a difference, right? It's shoes make a difference. You know, how your training makes a difference. You know, we'll, we're going to talk later. We'll table it for now coaching. Cause I know that to this point, you're not, you know, you're not using a coach. So all of those things can be you know, big incremental gains or not, you know, cause it depends, you know, what's the relationship like the same way with a running club, you know, if you get them with a running club and you don't really like connect with people you don't get that good synergy, you might be just like, nah, eh, this isn't for me. It's not my thing. And you might be, you know, I know you mentioned, um, you know, before we came on air, you know, you're a morning runner. Like I'm not that kind of person, man. Like my dog is trying to get me out the door in the morning. I'm just like, yeah, like that. it's not happening I wish yet. I could
0: have flexibility there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need morning. I don't care what time.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Whatever your routine is, you got to stick to that. So sure. if that's your deal and, you know, like my friends who are really into weights and strength training or other things, you get you got to hit that routine. And it's, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, if you, if you can run every night and that's going to make your routine work, then run at night. But whatever that is, find it and like make it your home. And, and get it. So, uh, you know, as the, talk to us a little bit about the actual run. Like, did you have splits in mind? Did you use any kind of pacing or did you just go by feel? I'm, I'm interested in that.
0: So three for three re- marathons, I always have a goal to do this approach that everyone tells me to do. And I yet to do it. I don't look at my watch or know my time until about the last five miles. So the whole run, I went by feel. Uh, my dad biked next to me at one point when there was an intersection, he's like, what do you want? he's like, I want to check that we're on the same point. And I was like, I'm not looking dad. So literally he took my wrist when I'm running. And I was like this, I was like, I refuse to look, I refuse. And he's like, can't do this. So I pull out my phone. I'm like, I'm not looking. So I just, I like the feel. I know you're supposed to do the whole like split. I got his watch. So I would do that. It kept buzzing at me one run and it stressed me out. I was like, I just want to run what I want to run. It made me go run too fast on one like shakeout run. Um, so to answer your question, I went by feel and I think because of that, it helped me because my goal was 259 and if I didn't go by feel, I think I would've hit what 258, 259, but I listened to my body and, um, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of, as of now happy with how I handle it.
1: I think that's, that is such a powerful lesson for everybody who listens to run chats um, I've given that advice to so many people that I feel are in more of a mental, mental block state than a physical block state. They are so clearly ready to, to break sub three, or maybe it's two 30, or maybe it's four hours. It, you know, the number doesn't really matter. It can be a round number. It can be a half a number. It can be anything in between. We're runners. Okay. We put our shoes on and we go, we certainly don't need a watch to run. None of us do. We don't need a heart monitor. We don't need any of those things. I use those analytics to assess where I am in my fitness, whether it's right now in pandemic time where we don't have any real races or I doing all six majors like I did last year. And I just wanted to see where I was, you know, in key workouts that led up to each of these, because when you're running one after the other, like three and 35 days at the back end of the year, which is Berlin, Chicago, New York, and the first three, Tokyo, Boston, London are three and 48 days last year. I don't know what they would have been this year, but you don't have a lot of time in between. You know, you're basically running them like every two weeks. And so you kind of have to figure out what are you going to do? You're not going to keep doing long runs. You know, you're going to do certain things to kind of keep the wheels moving and do all of that. But Um, running my feel is such an important skill and something people have just lost the ability to do because they 100% are married to what their Garmin tells them, what their Polar tells them, what their Coros watch tells them and what I tell people all the time, when you go to run Tokyo, good luck with your watch telling you you're going to run 26.2 miles because it's never going to match. I mean, I've had races where it said I run 28.9 I've had other ones that said I run 23.7 and like then I have friends who are like debating me telling me, well, I ran 26.7. So if I do my real pace mile, I'm like, no, you didn't run 26.7 miles. The course is marked. Like, how do you not understand that GPS is not hundred percent accurate? It's line of sight. There's buildings, there's trees, there's clouds. Like, And people think, you know, because their Apple watch tells them they ran (laughs) 14.2. That's it. it. The course was long. It was, it was long by 210. So
0: I did the same thing last marathon. I I was like, not pure pressure, but all, all the people had the watch. I was like, okay, I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm going to get a watch. But I knew I would only, I typically wear an Apple watch. Now this has finally changed me. I wear this. But so I went to eBay and got a used one because I was like, I don't want to spend all the money on a Garmin and I shouldn't have gotten used that's probably why it was being sold. But at the end of the second marathon, I look at my watch and it said 16 miles. And I was like, well, that's not even close. Like, well, that's a red flag. So I like returned it and I was like, but to your point, just sometimes just removing yourself from all the technology and focusing on doing the activity that you love is what I think is so important. And that's kind of the reason why, like this morning I, I looked at my watch, two mailboxes before I got home. And I just think it gives you that time to just focus on the mind, focus on the sport that you love and just let everything else escape you. Whereas if you have this constant buzz or you have the split, you're trying to break obviously for workouts, it's important, but just sometimes the beauty of just escaping all technology, everything else, and just enjoying the moment.
1: Again, so well said. And um, for everybody at home, it's empowering. Um, I think there are people in life who really handle pressure well. There are people who are just made for the moment. Derek Jeter's of the world and so many other great athletes who just, when the pressure's on, they take the pressure off themselves somehow and put it back onto the pitcher who, because they realize, hey, it's bases loaded. This guy has to throw me a pitch. It's three and one. I'm not going to stress and swing in a pitch six inches out of the strike zone and three and one because I want to be the hero. No, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do every day. And they're going to be more successful because they allow the moment to just present itself and happen running is a very simple activity man from the time we're a little kid and we go flying around and like run down the street we suddenly learn like i can't run as fast as i want because my lungs are going to explode. We somehow (laughs) learn how to regulate our pace. But you know, how many times have we seen those 5Ks where like the little kids will line up in front and Mm -hmm. they take off and they're running like 340 pace. And you know, (laughs) some of them really, (laughs) some of them hold on. Every once in a while, one of them just shocks you and blows your mind. They're still there at like two miles, but most of the time it doesn't work out for you. But the thing is by getting into that rhythm and allowing yourself to get there naturally as opposed to this all the time, And for those who who were listening on the radio and to a pod, they don't see me looking at my watch, but that's what I'm doing. Just think about this for a moment for everybody at home that is so locked into their watch and so locked into their pace chart and everything else. What if that moment in time that you look down at your watch, the signal isn't locked correctly right at that very moment and your watch is telling you your pace at that moment because watches can do anything we tell it it can give you your average pace per mile it can give you your average pace for the whole run it can give you the average pace for the lap you're in or the segment you're in so if you're set to your actual current speed and you were to look at it at a point where in central park i know i know the blind spots in central park i can tell you where every single one of them is Running on the east side, the west side, the north end of the park side, I can tell you where they are, cutting across the bridle path, I can tell you where. They're not long, but for a few seconds, if you were to look at your watch, I can tell you there's no way it's going to accurately pick up what your pace is in that moment. But it will get itself back in. It will pull itself back together. But if, the, if you're going to be that worried about it at that moment in time it's going to mess with your head. Right. And I
0: don't want to diminish the importance of it because I'll be the first to admit, like, I really do care about my weekly miles and I love reflecting on Saturday long run versus Saturday long run. Like, I love the data behind it. But I think to your point, if you can escape that during the actual event itself, it will enable you to perform better and then take that all that reflection at the end and see how you performed.
1: Yeah. Uh, And again, I'm not... Advocating by any means, I am I use my watch on every single run. I wear my chest strap on my heart for my heart monitor, on my bike rides and my runs. I want the data and the analytics. It tells me about recovery. It tells me about is my fitness trending up? Is the fitness trending down? And even in these black hole periods where there's really nothing going on at all the most, for the most part, I'm just doing miles for charity and stuff. And so I just want to put up a lot of miles on my bike and running. There's no specific workouts. I didn't, not really like trending up, you know, to do anything specifically. So I just think people just have to think a little bit more about, don't be so married to that at that very moment in time, if you're going to be dependent on what it's saying, you're running at that very moment. And it's not, and it's accurate or inaccurate one way or the other, it could influence how you're running versus the way you chose to approach the race, which was just to run by feel and just get locked in and get very comfortable with your environment, with your family out there. So much so to the point that when your dad wanted to check your watch, you wouldn't even look, which is this total crack up, man. It's like, dad, don't even come in my space, man. Don't even think about messing with my race. And the only thing I could think of is like the things that could go wrong, Like, What if he hit your watch and paused it, or God oh knows God. what else, like no. No, this perfect day for you. And, and by the way, we haven't shared it to this point. Um, Megan came in second place overall for the women. Second place in her third marathon. So um, it's it's really um, just what an unbelievable experience to not only run that time and shooting for a sub three and running a 248. So just like destroying the 250s altogether, just like skip that whole curve. We'll get by that. Um, you're on the cusp of OTQ range. You're like so close to that. But you have to share that experience with your loved ones, your family, your A team. I mean, what do you, what do you think it was like for them? I mean, what have they told you it was like for them and what was their experience?
0: I, I feel very humble, but they were very, very pleased with my time. And (laughs) my, I didn't share except for my parents. I call us the team because like my dad and mom, they play two totally different hats, but like they're different functions. Like I just think I say, I was like, great job. I was like, we did it. We're a team. Like I really value them. Um, and they saw me because my entire training session was at home because I'd been home for since of the pandemic, but um, they knew I was well-trained, but I don't think they thought to 12 minutes. So I think the fact that they already see me by laps and see my, my energy and that I was in a good rhythm, they were shocked to see that the time decrease so much from the previous marathon, but it was, it was a, honestly a magical day. And just there's love and support, like, that's honestly when you said what motivates me and how do you like put aside pressure? Like I I completely um cove my pressure, put it aside, and put it into the people I love. And like that genuinely, I don't say that in a corny way, but literally it's because they provide such love and support. And like I that's what motivates me, honestly.
1: Yeah. I, I just think it's so so much more special. Um, not that if you ran that 248 in Boston and came across the line and got a medal from the amazing BAA people. And that whole experience is remarkable. But that's in front of you. You're going to get to have that experience. You're going to get to run New York City. Um, You're going to get to run these other great races. And you'll have the real experience of, you know, somebody putting that medal around you. But what you'll never have is that moment of your dad and your mom and your boyfriend and them being out there in the course and supporting you and cheering for you and like being part of it. Like they were actually a part of your day Um, versus you just running by yourself um more or less with strangers because that's what we normally do i mean that's we- how new
0: york was like i saw them once and it was obviously such a comparison of days like hundreds of thousands of people it's magical but all i wanted was that 16th mile i knew they would be standing on that corner and for three hours <laughs> i could see them once whereas now it was like i swear every 30 minutes it was like they were they were again so it was awesome
1: well I guarantee you this. The next time you run New York, there's not only gonna be one person out there cheering for you. I'll make no. I'll make sure we get some signs out there for you. And I mean, thank you. What a what an experience New York is when you're, you've been around. And this this would have been my tenth for the fiftieth anniversary. And I, I just, I, it, it just takes my breath away every time I've never, you know, handmade signs and people everywhere. And it doesn't matter what running club, like you run for Whippets, I run for Central Park Track Club, it doesn't matter. Um, that day of all days and all the clubs are incredibly competitive, wanting to win the team championships and the series, whether you're, you know, a young runner like yourself. Um, who's just getting started right at post-collegiate or somebody like me who represents our masters and, you know, to score to be one of the top three in the New York City Marathon is such a big deal. It's a huge deal because you know, so many things can go, you know, right in a regular race, but there's so many more things that can go wrong in the marathon. As we all know, you can be 24 miles in having the day of your life and, you know, trip and fall down and not be able to finish or have stomach problems or just a hundred other things, you know, uh, you know, a calf muscle, like, you know, literally the things that can unfold before you. So super, super, super exciting. And, um, I just want to dive into a little bit about your training because I know we shared a little bit of notes before you came on. And I think it's super impressive because so many people get caught up. I'm a person who's always done higher mileage because I'm a strength runner, because that suits me. I don't do it for any other reason. It's not to win the Strava Wars or to say, hey, I'm the strongest guy in the block. If I was more of a speed guy and I was focused more on the mile and 5K and shorter distances, Maybe I'd only run 30 or 40 miles a week, but I'd run a lot more speed work and I'd probably have more rest days and maybe supplement with strength training. So, like I think one of the biggest lessons any runner can listen to that's following the show is you gotta find out what you're best at. What are you what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And when you figure out what that is, then you gotta figure out how you train to optimize what your strengths and weaknesses are, because you can improve your weaknesses very much so, but you can absolutely make yourself stronger in the areas you're really good. Um, so that's one of the things, I noticed that you're running five days a week. And I, I just think that's really cool because so many people that are after a big time goal, you know, it becomes, I have to run way more miles, I have to run seven days a week, I can't take any days off, five days a week, it's one of the first things that stuck out to me. So tell me, I know you've been doing that for a while. Tell me how that came about and is it just a comfort thing for you? And I think it's great.
0: Thank you. Um, it's definitely something, well, I grew up and my dad always ran four days a week. Um, so I kind of just saw that regimen schedule and I just, I grew up and I was like, that sounds something like I would want to do. So when I got to high college, I picked that up, it would run like very reg. I can't even think of a week I've missed unless I was injured or something like that. I would run like three miles every day before work or going out and things like that. Um, And I did that for all marathons. And uh, last year when I was training for the original Boston, like in, in the winter, I picked it up to six days. And a caveat, I was not strength training nearly enough. But with the increased miles and days and the not increasing strength, I got a little bit injured. So I had such a negative association with six days or more days that I said like if it ain't broke don't fix it and I stuck with my five days throughout training um, and it seemed to work really well. Um, I think a trade off is I I'm really bad at taking shake off days like my like slow day will be like a seven thirty like I, I can't tell you last summer I ran like a nine minute mile and I if you look at like the elites and very professional experienced runners they know how to take a shake off day or take a light run. So that's something I'm really aspiring to work towards. And that might mean adding a sixth day or something. But when it came to this previous training session, five days worked for me. I didn't want to shake it up. Um, I didn't really have guidance at the time. So I think that it works. I
1: think it's great. Um- you get. You have to get to some area, a baseline. So if you paid attention to your dad to start, and he was doing four days, and you know maybe you have that little competitive streak where you're like, I gotta gotta be more than my dad, gotta, gotta beat dad. I don't know. You might be competitive. I mean, if you're rocking a two forty eight marathon, your third marathon. There could be a little competitive streak in there, just a, bit. <laughs> just a little bit, right? It usually comes out. Um, I, and that's something I, I really like to focus on, um, you know, and, and it's a fun thing. Um, and I know you had mentioned too um, that, you know, your dad was like a role model for you as well. So um, let's talk a little bit about that.
0: Um, from as long as I can think about when I was younger, he would go for a run and my mom would walk me to the mailbox and i would wait and then he'd pick me up at the end of his run and his like warm down would be running to the end of the cold and stopping back and i was like one day to like run like him and then in other aspects of like life like where um we practice our religion regularly and just seeing his um dedication to his faith as well as his work has always been across the board just such an inspiration to me
1: that's wonderful um i think that's fantastic and you know, wh- whether it's a sibling, an older sibling we look up to, a mom or a dad, um, or, or sometimes it's um, a coach or a teacher in school who just takes a special shine to us and just makes us feel um, really particularly noticed, or that we have a certain skill set. Um, it's it's just really wonderful. And when a dad or a mom or or both, you know, pass that love of a sport down and it comes through. To the kids, it just makes me happy because I remember the day my son was a terrific baseball player and I played college baseball and I coached all his travel teams. And his mom was an amazing runner. His mom ran two two fifty-three marathons and she was she was third in Marine Corps one year, like third overall, mm-hmm. not not age group. And, um, you know, we try to get him to run when he was little and, you know, he ran for sports, you know, playing soccer and all the little sports you play and became a very good baseball player. But he's always like, nah, I don't want to run like just for, just for our teams and didn't want to run. And then, um, got into Regis high school in the city. And, you know, one of the first meetings we went to before, cause the kids are coming from all over. It's a really small, all scholarship school. And, um, the kids are coming from Connecticut or Long Island or Staten Island or New Jersey. And, they're commuting like work commuters, like you commuting, you know, into New York city. Oh, well, we are living in New York city, but as you know, many of your colleagues don't live in New York city. They're coming in from different boroughs or, or wherever. And, um, he just said to me quietly one day, dad, would you, uh, would you help me get ready to travel for cross country? Would you help me get ready to run? And I was like, Oh yeah, probably made
0: your day. let's go. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. I remember that day. Like it was yesterday. So, so exciting. So I love hearing, um, those kind of stories uh, about that. And just jumping back to your trading a little bit, Um, I think like five days a week and finding that comfort zone. And also you didn't lock yourself in. You didn't put yourself into shackles and say, I will never change from this. You tried going to six days and I'm certain that you could figure out the six day situation. And I love that you were so open about your pacing and you're acknowledging that because yeah, it is something you're going to have to work on. And believe me, whether you find a coach and I could connect you with terrific coaches that listen to this show and Um, just know Greg McMillan, James McCurdy, um, Brendan O'Leary, like these are top, top coaches. Any one of them would be chomping at the bit to get a chance to work with you, um, with what you've been doing. And, you know, I'll certainly share all their information with you and, you know, whether you decide to have a conversation with any of them or explore it, that would be up to you. But I would recommend it for you because, um, you know, I just think you have like huge things in front of you for doing so much for somebody who wasn't, you know, the quintessential kid running super competitively at the high school, you know, collegiate level and didn't come from from that track and has done like this much so far. Um, But as far as like mileage and all that, you know, you'll work through that, but the pace, it's so important. I'm telling you, if you run with me when you're back in New York City, I will show you how to have, and believe me, I can run, I can run under seven minute pace. I can race really fast times. I'm still can run really, really fast times, but I have learned how to take those days and just get like crazy amounts of enjoyment out of them. Whether we're up at Van Cortland Park running in the trails up there where all the high school, co- college, um, national championship races are run, which is really difficult, or running around in the bridle path. And one easy way for me to do it is I just have a huge love of photography and I love to take pictures when I'm out on long bike rides or when I'm running. Um, you know, not necessarily while I'm riding my bicycle, um, although I will take a picture now and then when there's like nobody around me um but it's just an easy way to just get yourself to dial back because if you know you're you know you're taking a picture on the run you're certainly going to slow down a little bit if you're if it's the cool sunset or a sunrise or something like that but i think it it would really help you
0: I've done two or three things I've tried to do. My mom will bike with me. Like I've started doing some shakeout runs because I'm like, I need to practice. This is bad. So she'll bike next to me and it's just a nice conversation. It feels like we're going for a walk, which is really good. And then there's two other things I do is I listen to podcasts where so I kind of just escape. And I'm like, oh, I'm so interested in the news going on or um, one of my favorite podcast stations. And then I used to do this almost every run. But when I started caring more about my pace, I stopped. But I will call like my cousins and friends and catch up with them. Um, so talking on the phone, I really just like it's the same thing. I could care less about my pace or my speed. So, um, uh, I'm trying to work with a few different things.
1: That's good. It'll, re- trust me, it'll really help. Um, and then when you do dial down further and dig in on those harder days, you'll just have, you'll just have more juice, you know, or, or takes, it takes some of that energy, like you said, for you know strength training and and people right away always automatically think that's weights. I mean there's so many things you can do for your core to make yourself incredibly strong that don't require actual weights at all. I mean there're just so many things you could do on the stability side, on the strength side and the lower core side to really reinforce everything you're doing cuz the faster you get you got to be strong. It's really important and you don't have to be like Ready to take somebody on in the ring, like full no, contact. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you look at you look at those women that are crushing it um, down uh-huh. in Atlanta at the trials, and they're just so strong, man. They are they're mo-
0: It's such a goal. <laughs> yeah,
1: they are. But yeah, so speaking of goals, that's got to be a huge goal for you. I mean, look, you're you're like a couple of minutes away from the Olympic trials standard. A lot of people feel they're going to move that number down because of how big the field was in Atlanta, but. Is that a big goal for you at this point coming off of what you just ran?
0: To be totally truthful, and at the beginning of the summer, I just wanted to see sub three mm-hmm. to see how well I felt on this race. Hands down, the most enjoyable run of my life. I think if I had crowds and just a little extra momentum, I could have maybe shaved another minute. I realized, yes, I'm, I'm hungry for it. And I realize I'm capable of it. I need a little bit more guidance. Um, so seeing that I'm just kind of running and taking some advice here and there reading watching youtube videos on my free time for some extra things i think if i had a little more structured guidance um i'm absolutely chasing my goal
1: you i can assure everybody who's listening you're you're going to get there um because for one thing to be at the age you're at and to have this development that quickly it just when you're around running as long as i have been um you just know Um, you just know, so you've got, you're really, um, you have so much ahead of you. And I think one of the really important things is to find key people to do hard workouts with. And I mean, the long run is, is so critically important to marathon success long run with Big stretches of either marathon pace or even faster, um, where you're running half marathon pace for segments, and then you're doing recovery stretches, and then you're going back and doing three more miles at marathon pace. And I love ones where you're going up and down, but you're doing huge blocks of the long run at your marathon pace or faster. And a lot of people don't think, you know, they're just like, "What?" I'm like, I've been, I was doing that 20 years ago. I was doing, you know, 12, 14 miles in a 20 mile run at six flat pace or 605 or 610 with hills. And then they'd be like, well, you're, you're going to get burned out too. And then I, no, no, you got to run 26 miles. You got to run long runs. It, right? it, it's aerobic anyway. Mar- the marathon's aerobic. You're not, you know, this is not a 5k or, you know, a, or a shorter distance race where, you know, at some point you might dip into the anaerobic pool, like eight hundreds and stuff like that, which are hugely anaerobic. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta make yourself really strong, but back home, you know, when you do get back to New York city, I mean, I know so many women who made the trials like personally that I get to run with. And of course they don't run with me on their hard days. Yeah. Um, cause I'm really good at making sure they're not running too hard. So I can connect you with, a load of like top women that are, uh, trials, uh, qualifiers that ran in Atlanta. And I'm sure they'd love to have you join. And they're all different teams. You know, that's the cool thing about New York city. It doesn't matter, you know, whether they're central park track club whippets or the distance project or any of these other, you know, great teams that have come together NYAC. it doesn't matter. I mean, it's all about, uh, improvement and having people to help push you through those runs. And trust me, when you're out there and you're grinding and you're doing Harlem Hill and you're doing the three no. sisters on the West side <laughs> and you're in your third loop and you, know, you got to like drop the pace by 20 seconds, man, it makes such a difference to have oh, a absolutely. couple of people there that you enjoy their company and they're like-minded. They have a similar, similar goal as you. So we're, we're going to definitely help help you uh, get, some, get some people to, uh, to rock some, tra- some new training with when you're home. Appreciate that. Thank you. So, what is your plan for now? I mean, are you still going to stay stay out there for the time being? Obviously, you're in a work from home environment. Are you planning to stay out there like for much longer? Or
0: I plan to come back actually next week. Um, it's just after Labor Day. Our, our company is slowly transitioning back into the office, so I thought it was a it was an appropriate time to come back to the city. Um, and honestly, running has gotten me excited to go back. Just the community. I have some running friends here locally, which has been fantastic, and I love the trails around here. But just that energy and just like following all these people and seeing them run their long runs around the park. Like I miss that, and I think it would help to keep up the the momentum and the excitement I have towards the sport right now.
1: Oh no question. Um, did you have anybody you were able to do quality long runs with out there building up to your your amazing performance in Boston?
0: That's the funny thing is like. Back for my last marathon, I did, I would meet with the Dashing Whippets on Saturdays, and I love those long runs, like because you're talking the whole time. So it was like those yeah. two hours, like, yeah, we had yeah, some hard hills, absolutely, but like time just flies when you have company. Um, I did some, I have a few friends here, but those were always like my Sunday shakeout runs or like my fun runs. All the long runs that I pushed myself were by myself, which I think helps, like, it, 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 it helped me personally just to like really. With thin, but i think having people to run that and just maybe to push my pace a little bit was would be really nice one or two of the really heat i purposely ran a few really hot days just knowing i'd be running in south carolina and for the first few months i didn't use water any fluids or anything throughout my run and i realized like that's not going to give me the results i want for the weekly miles so two of the runs my mom or dad met me on a bike and they would just give me liquids and that really helped a lot
1: that's a team team mm-hmm. approach. Yeah. <laughs> fluids, I need somebody to to hook me up, man. It's
0: I did <laughs> One a. Of the stables along the park on your Saturdays. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I missed my Boston virtual, which is a little bit heartbreaking, but I did um right when the pandemic hit, I um I work in healthcare technology and just um so not only do I have direct employees who work frontline in hospitals servicing our clients and our our um hospital health systems, but I just know a lot of doctors and nurses that were really just unbelievably impacted by COVID and just were just suffering, just PTSD and emotionally just crushed from what was going on and not being able to help anyone and just seeing so many people die. So I ran 10 marathons in 10 weeks and I raised um, $8,000 to feed um, frontline healthcare workers in New York, New Jersey, um, wow, That's Westchester. So it was, um, it was exhausting, but it was incredibly fulfilling. Um, and every couple of days when the meals would be going out to them and they snap pictures or take pictures. Cause you know, you couldn't go in. Um, sometimes I would actually deliver it just cause it was easier than, you know, waiting for the food place. But, um, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty powerful experience. But I remember thinking like, wait, I'm going to have to do more of these now, <laughs> ten <110 laughs> in 10 weeks. And, you know, I had, I either had, um, like a vest, you know, with a bottle behind me and some gels or sometimes I'd stash bottles and, you know, on the across oh, the transverse and the bridle. <laughs> and then a couple of times I just did stupid stuff or I started so late and just didn't realize how long it was going to be to finish. And then it was mm-hmm. so dark and I'm like, I'm never going to find those bottles. And if I start going, Ride your night runner, going right. around in the woods That's at tough. night, like in, in Central <laughs> Park, like I'm going to get locked up. So, yeah, but I I um, sent, a, sent an email to the BAA and just asked them, A, if I could either use any of my times that I ran, you know, any of those ten times that I ran, or could I have an extension, you know, because of my concussion? So I haven't heard back from them yet. We'll see. It doesn't matter. I've got enough medals. It just, I, I don't like to commit to something and not be able to do. I get that. Do it, I, so. I really respect that. Yeah, I mean, you could always come back and pace me. So you know. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well,
1: we, we're not doing any two forty eights though. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. So um, on the coaching front, have you thought about um, looking for a coach, and are you open to that?
0: Oh, absolutely. That's actually like my biggest goal. And it has been this past, since <laughs> the seventh is just, I, I'm very aware that I, I need more structure and I need more guidance. Um, the passion and the excitement and the love for the sports all there, but I didn't run in high school or college. So I, I've never really had that. Um, so I'm really focusing on trying to see someone that would be willing to coach and support me.
1: Oh, you got, like I said, I, those are three. Um, so those are three great, great coaches um greg mcmillan has developed the mcmillan calculator and has got a massive training platform and his calculator he he um wrote the algorithm and worked on the algorithm for that when he was in college when he was a grad student um oh. this is back when fax machines existed i know this yeah. is hard to comprehend <laughs> for you but yeah. <laughs> greg was my coach um this was my coach when i was running my my 240 marathons and um he had me come to the university of south carolina where he was getting his uh, his graduate degree, and I did a VO2 max test for him, and he did a blood lactate draw, and did all this research stuff on me and other runners, and um, you know used it as to build his McMillan calculator, which is like such a really important thing because you can actually plug in your time, your two forty eight fifty four, and what it will tell you is what could you run a mile in, what could you run five k, mm-hmm. and what could you run a half marathon in. And again, every runner is different. So, you know, Megan, your strength may be long distance and you may do better from half marathon up. But Mm -hmm. what you don't know is on the shorter distances, not having run in high school and college, you might do really well in shorter stuff too. You won't really know until you jump in the mix and start trying to run some really hard five Ks or maybe do a mile on the track. Have you ever done any shorter distance stuff? That's honestly what I'm excited
0: about. Like it's so easy in high school and college. You're like, okay, you peeps, like you went to you maybe play club, that's about it. But when I look at like all the statistics of marathon runners, like I'm, I'm young, so yeah. I'm, I'm really excited, just like the sport is just wide open, and someone asked me like, what's your fast, or my dad asked me like, what's your fastest mile, and I looked at the fastest mile on my marathon, and I was like, I think that's it, like I have no clue, <laughs> so just, I've never, I timed it in high school, it was last time I timed it, it was 643, so like I don't, so I'm excited, like some people could be like I don't know, not intimidated, but just turned off like, oh, maybe this isn't it. But that just excites me to try and push in other other events or just see what what kind of like my sweet spot is. Yeah. And, and again,
1: that goes back to team structure. And, you know, you being in New York City, I mean, my gosh, um, you know, my club and I was not able to take part in this myself just because of all the other marathons I'd run and doing all these cycling things for charity. It just didn't fit with my schedule, but I mean, Central Park Track Club, like that is literally the core of our team is track. I mean, our most elite athletes, some of our most fit athletes are just running track all year round. So they run the armory series of events indoor, but they don't just run the armory. They go to the tracks up in Boston. They go to the tracks down in Philly. You know, they, wherever elite races are being run. And many times these are runner friends of mine that are you know, from their 20s to their 30s, to their 40s, to their 50s, to their 60s. And they're racing against college kids because they're so elite and they're so fit. And they've been running out at Icon. Um, We actually got one night exclusive that we could use the track and I haven't been able to get there just for whatever reasons. But, you know, believe me, working with runners like that, where, you know, you have very specific targeted track speed work to develop your speed along with this crazy strength and aerobic capacity you already have and are showing, you know, would be, would be really great for you. And, you know, I'm sure the whippets have some sort of organized track day that they do and workouts, but. You should definitely, the Armory Series, I just got an email from them today. The Armory okay. is the Armory is going to be running indoor meet Because, like, you know, they've started to really figure out the protocols to make these races safer and safer. Um, there's going to be, the Indoor Series is going to go on up the Armory um, through the winter. So it couldn't be more perfect timing for you. And you know what? Put that fear aside, man put a pair of spikes on and get out there on that track and run a mile or run 5,000, 5,000 meters on the track is completely insane on a 200 meter track. Cause if you can actually count your laps and figure out how many laps you run and they actually have a system, but believe me, somehow it always, something always seems to go wrong. Like mm-hmm. you're either on run two laps, too many or two laps. Right. Sure. But it's just, it seems crazy unless, you know, maybe you have somebody there to like literally like put a number up like yeah, one, five, two, okay. yeah, that's what we need. We need flashcards. We got to go all the way back to like kindergarten. That's exactly what we need. Or, you know, you need the pit crew going, you know, go. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: go, Megan, lap four. You know, yeah. I'll run, tell me when to stop. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. My friend, uh, Kate Pallardy, who doesn't run for Central Park track anymore, but did, she tried to break the American indoor record. She ran 240-something, indoor indoors on a 200-meter track, a marathon. And she said that by the end of the race, her husband... And our, one of the um, main coaches of our Central Park Track Club team is Devin Martin. And, you know, she said between the two of them, either Devin or her husband, what they were saying, she said she was going to run off the track and just punch one of them because she was just, <laughs> she was just like delirious at the end. And they were like telling her, you know, she had to like get faster at the end to break the record. And I don't know, she came so close. She ran like something in the low 240s or mid 240s, but indoors, 200 meter track, I going to kill myself. But somehow, you know, it's like she made it through. So, I mean, the events up there, even if you just go to watch, and again, we have our night that we do our organized workouts up there and they are, there's nothing like it. I mean, to get on that armory track, that bank track, and to do workouts on there you just feel so fast man and you know you have to get used to breathing in there because the air is so dry so that's you know it might take you like a week or two but then all of a sudden you you start ripping workouts in there and then if you put a pair of spikes on you're going to be like damn i'm ready i'm ready to roll. <laughs> and then, have it in the yeah And then I would also recommend cross country for you. I mean, obviously things are pretty blown up, but I really think cross country would be very easy to race safely. I just do because it's more spread out anyway. It's not the way road races are and the fields are much smaller. And from what I understand in November, there's a big regional race that's going to go on in Boston. And again, you can... Uh, whippets can send a team up there. You can get your own team. You could get two other girls and go up there. You know, you know, I think it might be five. It's not a big number. I'm sure that you could easily get enough people to go up there. And, you know, Matt, there's masters, there's regular, it's, it's below masters and masters. There's no age group, you know, that's the way it works. But, you know, these courses are awesome, man. You're running around open fields in a park, you know, people are out there yelling their heads off, you know, cross country is to me is, is great. And if it's muddy and rainy and sloppy or snow, that's even better, Rain right? Or shine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that's that's some some pretty cool stuff, but you can get, get exciting things uh coming together for you here.
0: I'm looking forward to it. I really just want to build off this momentum and that's why I've taken this last almost 10 days And just to really like obviously I'm taking time to rest, but I want to build off this momentum and excitement and just try to find some guidance and just have some direction right now, which is really my, my biggest goal.
1: Good for you. That's so smart. Um, you're wise beyond your years, um, Mm -hmm. because many people, you know, coming off a result like that, um, they just want to get right back into it or other stuff. And you know what the marathon, no matter how fit you are, no matter how strong you are, it just beats you up and it's so smart. Um, and then also just mentally, like you put so much out there, man, you like went after this thing, man, and you just destroy, I mean, to run, get a 12 minute PR is like almost impossible. Um, it's not impossible for somebody who's maybe really, really slow and not at your level, you know, and they just maybe have never really run before at all. And I mean, you are in that, category to some degree, because while well, you were running in high school and college, but you weren't on, running on a team and you were just kind right. of running for fun, but it's almost, it's almost impossible to do that. Um, but it's just so cool. And Thank it's, so it's, uh, it's exciting. And I guarantee you, there's going to be people going to be like, what she did? What she ran Thank What you.
0: time, but I, I do really appreciate just your wisdom and advice on the sport in general and where to go next. It means a lot.
1: Well, I will um when when I do the the show post and write the show notes, which will you know put your Instagram info in there and everything. I'll even you know I'll even do an at uh you know Instagram handle for some of the coaches that I did recommend, and even like on O'Leary Racing Team, which is Brendan O'Leary, who is the coach of that group. Um, Casey Killareski. before we came on, I was talking to you about how I used to love to do these in person and fly out to get to meet people. I'd never met Casey in person. Um, and Casey had qualified for the trials and lived in Seattle and I love Seattle. I hadn't been out there in a long time. I'm like, right. You're like I'll, I'll, come I'll come out. And she's like, <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah, I'll come out. And I came out and got to meet her husband or beautiful girls. And we did a couple of runs around the lake there, which was just beautiful. Um, just got to hang out and get to know her a little bit. And then we did the show, um, from my hotel and uh, which was super fun. then I flew back and it was great. But I mean, even just for her, that was her first trials and she is an awesome, awesome runner herself. And she's a tremendous coach. So, you know, there's, there's so many opportunities out there. You know, do you want to work with a woman? Do you want to work with a guy? Do you want to work with some, a smaller uh, a coach that doesn't have like 50 or hundred runners. They're just important things to think about because obviously you're putting a lot of thought into all of this stuff. And it's important because that relationship that you build or don't build is going to have a lot to do with how your success looks like going forward because it's so important to build trust with that person that they understand, you know, what makes you tick and when they can give you more or when they need to pull you back. So I already know the fact that you're running so fast, even on your easy days, I'd be worried about giving you too much because I, like, I know that that type of personality, which is me, is like, if somebody says to me to run 70 miles a week at the maximum, I'm going already, no, I'm going to run 80, you know, yes, like, so
0: it's my start date. <laughs>
1: yeah. See, it's like, if you give me this number and that's the high number, I'm like, okay, well, the long run's 20. Well, I'll do more than 20, you know, more. like, it's <laughs> exactly. okay. Or you want me to do 730. Okay. Well, I can do faster. I take it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yes.
0: that's just the average. You gotta yeah. Get the Yeah. But.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, knowing how you are, I'll I'll even put some more thought into it of who I think would be because uh, it's it's just so 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 important. But even aside from the coaching thing, it's finding good people like Kate, um, who's done two trials. She's never actually run, but she's qualified twice and um she actually won the JFK 50 Miler. Um oh so she's God. like ultra marathon beast. Um That's she incredible. was she came in 22nd in Boston last year. She ran two it was and it was hot last year in Boston. It was very humid. I think she ran 238 and she was maybe one place behind Sarah Hall or two places. So she's um she's a friend that I've logged a ton of miles with, uh, Anna Johnson. Um, is a really, really good friend from back home um, from here. Um, I know her really well and i logged a lot of miles with her and Kate. So they're always around um, and they're always looking to have somebody to join them in their mix. And you you can hang with them and you can run miles with them. And they're believe me, they're, they're just awesome people. I'm sure they'd love to have you because um, the more, the merrier is truly the sense. Because as you said, when you're going to grind one of those long runs with, with, with pace work and you're going to really push things, it makes such a difference to have 4 or 5, 6 or 8, 10 or 12. And when you're done, it's like, "All right, man, let's go get some brunch. Or let's go." Yeah, exactly. Let's go do something, That's you know?
0: Exactly
1: what I want. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't, right? Right. So, tell me, this has been such an awesome experience having you on, having a young Thank runner just crush it and just like knock it out of the park like so crazy. Um and so such a fun experience for me. Did we not get to anything specific you know something that maybe you're thinking about maybe like top of mind that's really important to you that we didn't get a chance to cover because we certainly can can dive into that if you have something else
0: um nothing specific I think the biggest thing I just really wanted to relay is just when I want something there's nothing getting in my way I mean like having to wait the two extra hours or I would do absolutely whatever it take getting up at 550 every day before work and never complaining because I love the sport, but I want this sport so bad and I want to continue to explore, um, the potentials I can, I can see in it. Um, so I think the biggest thing I would just want to relay is, um, just more, just asking someone to give me a chance and just believe in me that I can really, I can prove people wrong and that's what I, I want to show because no, I didn't run in high school. I didn't run in college. I'm not a college athlete, but I am hungry for the sport and I'm hungry to see what I'm capable of.
1: Well, I I'm hundred percent buying. You're in, you're yeah. in the financial markets. I'm buying, <laughs> I'm buying hundred percent. I'm all in. Uh, it's such an easy decision. Um, what you've done and your attitude and you know, the results that you put together, it's impressive. And it just shows, when somebody makes up their mind that they're going to go after something and they're dedicated and their mindset is in the right place, you know, great things can be done. And the fact that you've accomplished this, I mean, there are runners who've done amazing things like you've done without a coach. So just saying like, it's really up to the person, like you're already doing great things, but obviously I believe and personally, that there's more, there's so much more for you, you know, working, with a more competitive group, getting some direction on, you know, even just workouts. Cause yeah, you can pull workouts down from anywhere. You know what? Those workouts work, sure. But you need somebody telling you the specific workouts for you. You need somebody to look at, let's develop your speed a little bit more for this cycle. No, we're not going to keep running the exact same amount of miles. We're going to do a very different block for 12 weeks or 16 weeks. And we're going to work on this end of your spectrum for this period of time. And then We're going to come back and we're going to get after the long stuff again, because you know, too many people fall into it's the marathon only trap. And it might sound crazy coming from me, the guy who runs a zillion marathons, but that's because I'm 59. I'm older now. Like I'm not going to be getting in the mile races with people when that's not my specialty. If it was, I'd go race a mile every week. You know, I'll, I'll race anybody, anytime, any place. I mean, I don't care if I get my ass kicked. I mean, it's all good. I'm all about the competition. So
0: as I mentioned, like um I'm I'm hungry for the sport and you know that as well, but I'll be the first to admit I have a lot of room for growth and improvement. And I, although it's, you're, I'm running by myself during the actual race, it's a team sport. I said, my parents are my teammates a hundred percent. And I, I want that coach for guidance because I know there's a lot that I need to learn. Um, and just following other women and other runners on Instagram and other social media platforms. I'm just, I'm so in awe by all they do that I would love to be surrounded by people that can just continue to encourage me and provide just guidance.
1: That's, that's so well said. And I think you told me that Chalene um, was somebody that you really looked up to and that you had watched uh, videos of her New York city performance every once in a while for inspiration is that was, that's true, right? It was Chalene, right?
0: Oh, it is. I, I remember when I was, it was in like college, I was just running three miles a day, like eight minute pace, or I don't even know. And one, we sometimes watch 60 minutes, but Shalane Flanagan was on 60 minutes. It was the week leading up to the Boston marathon or a few weeks leading up and just seeing like, you could just see in her eyes, like hunger was like an understatement. And then just from there on, I watched her. Like I watched it in New York when she Runs probably once a month, and I just I still like tear up, and I and then I listen to a podcast of her transitioning to like coaching and motherhood now, and just in general, she's just such a role model, and I can't even I'm like speechless to how how cool she is. <laughs>
1: yeah, she's um, she's special, and there's a fire in her. Um, Absolutely, you know, not just you know dropping the f bomb coming across the finish line, but just it's it's real. It's you know she's transparent in in the way she lives her life. In the way she is at a coaching clinic, in the way she is at doing something for New York Roadrunners to promote the race on podcasts, Um, and now as you said, transitioning to becoming a mom and coaching, like you know that there's great things ahead for her focusing on female athletes and working with them because I do think there's something to that. I do. Um, It doesn't have to be, but that group of them working together, the Barrowman Track Club ladies, um, the times that they were throwing up, Shelby Houlihan and uh, Carissa Schweitzer and all I'm just mind blowing times. I mean, this is just just destroying like American records and everything else. And the Nas elite women are just super fun to follow too. I just absolutely, um, enjoy them and the men too. I mean, you know, I oh, those guys are just, that's a heck of a group, you know, Hoka just re up their sponsorship and put that together. Um, do you use mantras at all in the, did you use a mantra at all? Or do you use mantras in your race or in other races um, when you're out there?
0: I don't have a specific mantra. I wish I, I did on the spot. I definitely have my, I changed my screensaver to find your greatness and I've used it for the last several months, but I just I know I'm very spiritual and like, I can thank my parents for just kind of providing a household to encourage that throughout my life. But we've always just been told like, God gives us talents, use those and give back and use them to your best abilities. But throughout the race, I talked to myself throughout the race. Like I give myself pump pep talks and I just kept saying like, I would a few people I've lost in the past few years. And I would just say, run it for them, like make them proud. And then, um, I would always say something like 300 hours of a year, like put it all on the table. So, but the biggest thing I would really, I attribute like my dedication to is my faith.
1: That's wonderful. Um, it grounds you. Um, and I think, um, at times like this, um, I hope more people are open to faith. And, um, I know, um, the Lord watches over me because uh, with my bike crash, you know, in the middle of, you know, 930 at night, pitch black, Central Park barely lit, you're knocked out in the middle of a road. If some of those people didn't come out of nowhere and make a little circle around me and call an ambulance, you know, you the riders that are out riding their bikes at that time of night could be riding 25, 30 miles an hour if they're really doing a hard workout. I mean, it's incredible, you know, the, the fitness level of some of the cyclists that are riding that late at night. They're they're the really hardcore uh, men and women that are training for something or racing the way we are with our marathons. And, you know, I could have gotten run over and just been broken in a hundred pieces. And so, yeah, it's a, it's always a good time to, uh, you know, to, to reground your faith or be open to faith and just, um, use it to help anchor your life for sure. And I know you had also said, do what you love, life's too short for anything else. That's running for me. You had said that to me in a note back and forth. I mean, I love it. It's simple and it's 100% true. um, And it applies to every single area of our lives. If you're working in a job that you don't love, you're never gonna be happy. If you're in a relationship or a marriage that you're not in love with and not feeling it, you're never gonna be happy. And if you're doing a sport for another person, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse, a friend, you're never going to hit your potential. You're never going to actually enjoy it. You said, I sign off every podcast. My mantra behind me, that beautiful blue and gold Boston Marathon color sign, stay in the fight. Um, I don't know if David Goggins came up with it first or me, but I've been using that as my mantra for a long time. I sign off every podcast with Peace out and stay in the fight because, and well, lace them up. I always tell people, lace them oh, up, I mean, get out yeah. the door. <laughs> that's, that's how I sound every like shit. Lace them up, get out the door, peace out of everyone, stay in the fight because, you know, every, almost every problem we have can be solved by going for a run. And it's not really solved, but I mean, just the stress in that moment, whatever it's I fear. Can't that and fear. My mom will
0: just tell me to go for a run, Megan, if that's what you need. It's true. <laughs> The fear,
1: the anxiety, whatever, guilt, whatever emotion that you're wrought with, you lost somebody, whatever it is, it's not going to be solved, you know, when you come back from the run, but you're going to be thinking more clearly. You're going to get that anxiety and emotion out in some way or form in that run, however short or long it is, and you're going to come back and you're going to be better for it. So anyway, I just want to say thank you so much. I'm so excited to follow your running journey. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be big things coming. And if I can help in any way, um, not just promoting your episode and the show with the running community, people I know for you to train with, you know, like I said, suggestions on coaches, you know, I'm here anytime and, uh, everybody out there, make sure you're following Megan on Instagram and it's, it's just Megan Lavins, right? And that's yes, correct. so M E G A N L A V I N S. And obviously I'll tag that in the show notes, Um, So people can follow your running journey and get on board and see what you're up to and um, follow your amazing progress.
0: Thank you, Ron. I can't thank you enough. And I look forward to seeing more of your show and your own running and biking success as well in the future.
1: Well, I appreciate that very much. So everybody, remember, what do we do? We lace them up, we get out the door. Peace out, everybody. Always remember to stay in the fight. Wow. What a treat it was to have Megan on. I'm just so excited to follow along on her running journey, to run a 314 in your first marathon and follow that up with three hours and come back with your third effort ever at 248. I mean, these are just remarkable drops in time, 14 minutes from marathon one to marathon two and 12 minutes marathon two to marathon three, not to mention a 314 debut in New York City with a very limited amount of training time. She had joined Dashing Whippets, gotten a very late start and again, didn't run in high school or college. So I am just so excited to see her get hooked up with some faster training partners to share some of those difficult long runs with pace work. Uh, get a coach writing specific workouts for her and really developing potentially um, her all around running, working on her speed, maybe getting her involved with doing some cross country and some track and really developing um, her running all around because she's still so new to the sport and she's clearly an aerobic monster and has massive potential in the marathon. And you can just hear um, the fire in her voice of just how she's looking for an opportunity. So I hope that somebody out there, maybe a sponsor or two, will hear about uh, Megan's inspiring story and maybe take a take a chance on her and uh, give her some sponsorship with her running, so that she can uh, really take her take herself to the next level. Because I'm excited to uh, to watch that take place, and I'm I'm really hoping you all are too. So definitely give her a follow um, so you can see what she's up to, and um, you know we all will be watching closely to see what sort of big things. Uh, Megan does in the future. So if you're as inspired by her words and her passion for running as I was, hopefully you'll take a moment to share it on Instagram stories or however you choose to share your podcast that you listen to amongst friends. It really helps run chats with Ron Runs NYC, follow uh, find new listeners, new followers to the program. And that's what we're all about. We want to grow our platform here. We want to have more exciting guests on like Megan and get more people interested in our great sport. So kudos to all of the listeners out there that have done that for me. I greatly appreciate it. It means the world to me. And anybody else out there that's thinking of doing it for a future episode, again, huge thanks. Much appreciated to you all. So with that, I say, my friends, always remember to keep lacing them up to get out that door. Always remember to stay in the fight. Peace out, my friends.